Bitterness comes from allowing hurt and offenses to stay trapped on the inside too long. Is it normal to be hurt sometimes? Is it normal to be offended? Jesus said it's inevitable. But there is a choice with every hurt, with every offense, big and small. And that choice is, do I let it stay on the inside or do I let it out? This will determine our level of sweetness or bitterness. Bitterness takes root, but there is a cure. There is a cure. It's called forgiveness. Bitterness takes root in the heart or in the soul when offenses are left unattended. When offenses and hurts and disappointments, when we internalize them and hold on to them and cover them up and don't listen, don't attend to them. Because a lot of times it's not like I'm holding on to this. It's more like you got hurt, you got offended, you got disappointed. And sometimes, yes, we make a conscious decision to hold on to things. But other times, we simply just let it stay in there and we don't do anything about it. And after a while, when we allow hurt and offense to remain on the inside unattended, a sweet soul begins to become bitter. And you guys, bitterness is a terrible thing. It's a dangerous thing. It is a trap for the soul. But I have good news for you today. What we just read in the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ is that faith to forgive has the power to sever the roots of bitterness. We don't have to be victims of bitterness. You ever just met somebody and, wow, what a bitter person. Gosh, just touch them and it's like. You don't have to even touch them. You can just look at them and. If you're a bitter person this morning, you better be glad you're here. Jesus wants to kill you. But listen, bitterness is terrible. But it's nothing compared to the power of forgiveness. Because Jesus says that if, even if we have a little tiny bit of faith, it's enough to uproot a tree. It's enough to cut through and sever those roots. Faith to forgive has the power to sever the roots of bitterness. And I just want to encourage somebody today. Don't let roots of bitterness tie you down to your past. And rob you of God's future plans. Because I've seen a lot of things destroy people. I've seen some things hold people back from God's plans and God's destiny. 
And a lot of times, yes, one of the things that destroys a lot of people is sexual immorality. One of the things that destroys a lot of people is a lack of integrity. One of the things that really holds people back, there's a lot of different things. But I can tell you, I've met so many people that are not living the fullness of their potential and the plans and the purposes and the calling of God. And it is because they're bitter. Bitterness will trouble you if you allow it to. Bitterness can steal your grace. How many of us agree? God's plans require grace. God's calling requires grace. This following Jesus as his disciple thing requires some grace, right? Or, or, or somebody out there super disciple and you could do it on your own and you don't need God at all. Never met one of those. God's plans, God's call, God's life requires grace. You don't want to find yourself because you're being held back in your past by these roots, right? I mean, listen, what, what holds a tree in the ground when the wind blows? Roots. And that's what roots do. They hold things in place. They hold trees and plants in place. And I've seen a lot of Christians, they're just held in place. Even though the wind of the Spirit is blowing and trying to take them into their destiny. They're being held in place by roots. But in one instant, those roots can be sliced right through and it can be uprooted. And you can be on your way into the plans and the purposes of God. But it takes grace. Don't let bitterness steal grace from you. Don't let bitterness get you out of the place of grace. Don't let bitterness trouble you. And don't let bitterness corrupt other people because, boy, have I seen that too. You ever been around somebody who's offended and all of a sudden you're offended too? I have. You hang around bitter people, you'll become bitter. It rubs off. All right, then. Don't let bitterness corrupt you or others. Number two, faith to forgive is not a feeling. It's a decision. According to Jesus, forgiveness isn't even extraordinary or extra spiritual. Forgiveness is just the believer's most basic, come on somebody say, duty. It's just a basic duty. It's not a feeling. It's just a decision to fulfill my duty. Now, I don't know about you, but we don't always feel our duties. Do you always feel your duties? I don't always feel my duties. I don't always feel to do my laundry. I don't always feel to wash my car. I don't always feel... Like taking a shower. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad I fulfilled that duty? Hey, I don't always feel paying my bills. (laughs) Can't get many amens. But listen. If I pay my deal, bills, do my laundry, and wash my car, I'm not some extraordinary adult. <laughs> wow! Whoop-te-doo! 
you know what that makes me? A normal, responsible grown-up. They're just duties. Let me say this, and I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings, but it hurts mine too, so that's all right. Forgiving people every time for everything only qualifies me as a normal, average Christian. Can I tell you, I haven't always been average then. But I'll tell you something else. I'll never settle for anything less than what it says here. This is how I'm going to live. Forgiveness isn't extra spiritual. It's not super awesome. Wow, what a great Christian. He forgives everybody. Jesus said, if you're a servant to a master and you come and serve him the meal, the master's not going to go, oh, thank you so much. You're such a great servant. He's going to eat and get up and go on his way. Why? Because it was your job. It was your duty. Forgiveness. This is going to help somebody. Y'all all right? I know this is not like one of those fun ones, but it is going to be, it'll make your life a lot funner if you'll embrace it. Forgiveness is a response to forgiveness. Forgiveness is a response to forgiveness. Or forgiveness is me responding to being forgiven. And that's more than just a feeling. It's a reflection of a right relationship with God. For me to be a forgiving person, a person who decides, may not always feel it, but I decide to forgive every time, always, everyone. What that reflects is that I am in a good relationship with God. What that reflects is I understand I've been forgiven, therefore I forgive. Forgiveness is just a response to being forgiven. So if you haven't experienced forgiveness from God, you cannot be a truly forgiving person. In order to be able to forgive, you must know you're forgiven. In order to help others experience your forgiveness, you have to experience God's forgiveness for yourself. Because it's just a response to being forgiven. And listen... It is the simple duty. I know we already talked about the duty, but maybe it's the simple duty of a Christian, of a believer. But uh, let's say it even more clearly. Forgiving others is the simple duty of the forgiven. If I've been forgiven, it is my simple duty to forgive others. Oh, no, but you don't understand. I deserve to be forgiven. She don't. There's the problem right there. You don't either. Okay, we'll get to more of that in just a second. Will the feeling ever come, Pastor? Yes. Yeah. Will you? We're talking about forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling, but will the feelings of forgiveness ever come? Sure. But come on, somebody. Feelings are followers. That's not in your bulletin. You might want to write that down. That was for free. Feelings are followers. 
What do I mean by that? You don't feel sick until there's a sickness in your body. Your feelings just follow that. We normally don't feel sad just because. Normally there's something that our feelings are following after that make us feel sad. Am I making sense? Feelings are followers. Will the feelings of I forgive you come and I really feel like I've forgiven you? Yes, they'll come, but normally that doesn't come until I've decided to just do it. Your feelings will line up eventually with your decisions. But a lot of Christians are waiting on the feeling. A lot of people, well, I, I, tell, I finally feel like forgiving you. Well, listen, we could have had our relationship better 17 years ago if you had not waited on the feeling and just decided to be a normal Christian. Now, this also might help somebody. We don't forgive things because this is where a lot of people get hung up. We don't forgive things. We forgive people. Are you with me? Because a lot of times forgiveness is focused on the offense. I don't forgive the offense. I forgive the person who offended. See, there's a very big difference. Because some offenses and some hurts and some disappointments suck. It's terrible. I'm not, forgiving is not saying that what you did or said is okay. Forgiveness isn't a justification for bad actions. But that's not the point of forgiveness. We don't forgive the thing. We forgive the person who did the thing. Y'all okay? The question isn't. Again, we forgive people, not things. Forgiveness isn't justifying someone's wrongdoing. It's justifying the someone. Did you get that? Forgiveness is not justifying someone's wrongdoing. It's justifying the someone. It's not saying, I'll agree with what you did. Or, it's not saying what you did was okay. It is saying, I'm okay with you. There are some things that have been done and said in my life, I don't know about you, but those things will never be okay. I've had some people say some pretty ugly things before. Even people that I've served and loved. And those things that they said and did will never be okay. But you know what? I'm okay with those people. They're okay. In my heart, they're okay. What they did was not okay, but they're okay. I do not any longer hold them to what they said and what they did. Oh, God, I hope people will have that type of forgiveness towards me. Whew. There's been a lot of things I've said and done that are not okay. But I'm thankful for people that love Jesus and love me enough to say that wasn't okay, but you're all right. Are you okay out there? Uh-oh. The question isn't. What I need to forgive. The question is whom I need to forgive. It's the person, not the, the thing, not the offense. It's a decision to be a responsible Christian, to fulfill my simple duty. 
It's a decision to be responsible with my soul. Number three, forgiveness is a reflection of a right relationship with God. I already said that, but we're going to do a whole final point here on that. First, there's a direct relationship between faith and forgiveness. Second, faith to forgive is not a feeling, it's a decision. Third, forgiveness is a reflection. It's a reflection, it's just evidence of a right relationship with God, Matthew 18. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I think, is this Peter? Peter was probably thinking, oh, I've got it now. I'm going to impress Jesus seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied. But 70 times seven. Anybody like math? That's 490. You may have been defended 490 times by the same person all way already. He's talking about one person. <laughs> one person. I'm sure I've offended Liz as a husband 490, is that right? <laughs> times. And we know seven is completion, so seven times 70 is like infinity completion. Therefore, the kingdom of God can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. Come on, somebody said debt. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. A big one. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. The king called the man and he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. A lot of people don't like that Jesus said stuff like this, but he said, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Jesus wouldn't say something like that. He sure did. And he meant it. Careful with your doctrine. Unforgiveness is not a petty little thing that one day I'll get over. It is a severe, dangerous sin that can kill you. Seventy times seven. In other words, we forgive everyone every time. Right? 
I think when I think of 490, you know, there have been some people who've done some pretty bad things to me, but I don't know anybody who's done, who's offended me 490 major offenses, right? Like really bad ones. Most of you got, you know, you're going through your life and you may have picked up on two, three, four really, really bad offenses and about 500,000 million trillion little ones, right? See, Jesus doesn't want us to just forgive the big, bad, ugly stuff. Come on, this is going to help somebody's marriage today. This is going to help you parent. This is going to help you in friendship and discipleship. This is going to help our church family. 70 times 7 means we don't just forgive big, bad, ugly offenses, but everyday small disappointments, annoyances, and hurts with family, friends, work, church, etc., etc. Sometimes, you ever found yourself bitter and it was just, more, it wasn't a big, bad, ugly thing somebody said or did, but like little ones that built up, and because you didn't attend to those things, it became bitter. Jesus wants us to forgive the big, bad, ugly stuff, and he wants us to forgive the little, tiny, minuscule, even silly stuff sometimes. All the husbands and wives are smiling or frowning. But sometimes we fail to forgive because we forget how much forgiveness we need. Sometimes we fail to forgive others because we forget how much forgiveness we need. This, see, I don't forgive hurtful people because they deserve it. I forgive hurtful people because I've been forgiven of being a hurtful person. This guy, the, the unforgiving uh, creditor, I, there's something very odd about him. He's wide open to receive forgiveness, but he's closed off to giving forgiveness. I've been like that in my life before, just being out there. Hopefully it helps you. I want everybody for, to forgive me, but... I don't necessarily want to forgive you. You know what that does? You know what it did in this story? It absolutely ruined his relationship with his master. We can't be open to receive forgiveness, forgiveness, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, God, forgive me, you, forgive but then when it comes time to forgive, be closed off. Because that's in total ingratitude. It is a bad relationship with God. That's what it is. Listen, unforgiveness, harboring unforgiveness, allowing bitterness to take root is not only a surefire way to ruin my relationship with people, it is a surefire way to ruin my relationship with God. This guy ended up with a totally ruined relationship with his master, and it's just a representation of the kingdom. Don't allow it. It poisons the heart. It corrupts the relationship with the Father. If you are currently harboring unforgiveness, your relationship with God is in danger. 
come on, I'm almost done with this, but you need to hear that. If you are currently harboring unforgiveness, if you have unattended offenses that you've either, either just decided to ignore, leave them there, forget them, or you are intentionally holding on to it, if you're harboring unforgiveness, your relationship with God is in jeopardy. It's in danger. It can ruin you. I've seen it ruin people. I've seen people on fire for God. Passionate, zealous, totally sold out to Jesus. And they start getting offended. And they let those offenses pile up. And instead of doing the normal average Christian duty that is to forgive, they hold on. They hold on because for some reason, some people feel like they're above that. Or that that doesn't apply to them. Or that it's not that important. It's not that big of a deal. It only affects me. No! It can, I've seen people totally backslide and walk away from God. Because of bitterness in their heart. It is poison. If you don't get the poison out, you're going to die. Don't allow that. Do something about it today. Get it out. I don't feel like it. Remember, that's not what it's about. Decide. Your feelings will eventually catch up. They will. It might take a while. That's okay. Decide. I'm not letting this thing hold me here anymore. I'm cutting it. I'm letting it loose so I can move forward. Faith forgives. I'm going to end it with this because why does forgiveness take faith? Like we think forgiveness takes love, forgiveness takes compassion, forgiveness takes patience. Okay, that's great. Why is it that Jesus makes such a big deal about faith and forgiveness? Why is it that forgiveness takes faith? And remember, faith does. Faith is active, right? Why? Please, if there's anything that you're going to grab a hold of and take home with you today, it's this right here. Because forgiveness requires an active trust in God with your heart. Forgiveness, to forgive others, requires an active trust in God with my heart. In other words, I totally trust my heart to God. Why? Because what does unforgiveness do? Unforgiveness holds on. Unforgiveness holds on, and it's for this reason. I've done it, and I I know I'm not the only one in here who's done it. We hold on to things thinking that we're protecting ourselves. If I let go of this, I'm going to be unprotected and exposed and vulnerable. Unforgiveness holds on to hurt and offense in order to protect my heart and my future. I'm not going through that again. I'll never open up again. I'll never put myself out there again. I'll never put myself in that place again. I'm holding on to that. It's us trying to protect ourselves. But forgiveness says, I'm going to obey you, God, because I trust you with my heart and my future. And forgiveness is Actively trusting in him that he will be the protector and the keeper of my future. I don't have to hold on so that my future can be protected. I have to let go so he can 
take over my future. <sighs> Forgiveness releases hurt and offense to God in order to trust Him to protect my heart and future. I'm going to read it again because this needs to sink in before we go. Unforgiveness holds on to hurt and offense in order to protect my heart and future. Forgiveness releases hurt and offense to God in order to trust Him to protect my heart and future. There's a big difference. I have a question for you. Who's better at protecting your heart and your future? That thing that you insist on holding on to is not protecting anything. It's exposing you to the devil. But if you have, listen, the faith to forgive, like I trust you enough, God, to not hold on anymore. I trust you enough to truly let go. He will cut those roots. He'll set you free. He'll heal your heart. And he will be the one to protect your heart and your future. That's why it takes faith to forgive. You can stand.